time for some MMA. <laughs> All right. So let's get started. Did you want to go over nah. the, <laughs> the rules of the game? I suppose that I can. And you jump in if I'm fucking it up at all. Sound good? Gotcha. Alright, so the point system officially that we are going with. This is for the game of picking uh, the fighter, picking the round, picking all that good stuff. Yes. This is for the game that we're playing if any of our listeners want to play. And we decided we're going to tally up quarterly, right? Uh, yes, every three yes. months. Okay, so if you choose a draw, it is three points. If you pick a fighter to win by decision, that's two points. And then if you want to do like kind of a parlay thing, like you pick round one, or you pick the fighter to win, you pick the fighter to win in a specific round, and the result. So for example, if you pick John Jones versus Dominic Reyes, Say John Jones is going to win in round one by knockout. If he wins in round one by finish, uh, submission finish, you get two points instead of three because the result was wrong. But if it just goes to a full decision and John Jones wins, you only get one point. Yes. Yes. And in order to get all three, obviously you have to get John the round, Jones, round the... one. I keep saying John, John Jones, <laughs> John Jones, round one. By knockout is how you would get all three points. However, if the opponent would win, you don't get any points at all, whether it be the round that you picked and the finish. If yeah. your fighter didn't win at all, no points are rewarded. Yeah, all your picks are basically null and void. So does that does that sound accurate on everything? Uh, yeah, you went over the draw about uh three points. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, as well as if. Let's say between the time oh, yeah. you get your picks and the time of the fight itself, uh, a fighter happens to fall off the card, which it does happen. Uh, both people that, uh, or every everyone that bet on uh, those fighters, both fighters, um, then can change their uh, original uh, bet if they want to uh, either guy. They could either keep their bet of the original person they had or switch it to uh, the new person that uh, is joining the card or, uh, you know, vice versa. They can just change it up. Yes, and if that does happen and we come on to the next show talking about all our fighter pulled out so we had to pick this guy, we're going to be there to validate each other, vouch for each other to make sure that we're not cheating like we already watched the fight and then just come in and say oh yeah we picked this fighter to win this way yeah yeah and more than likely uh there might be like something on social media that you know could say depending on if it's uh like a main event type uh of card you know if someone falls out in the main event yeah you know that might be posted but if it's like a uh early prelim you know, that might just be uh, talked about on the next podcast. Yeah. So, um... With that being said, let's move on to uh, this new uh, fight this week. This new uh, fight this week. This new fight this week. This weekend. 
UFC 245. 245. Usman versus Covington. Three title fights on the line this night. Three title fights. The last time that happened, all it three. Was boring. Oh. <laughs> all three champions lost their belts that night. As I predicted. <laughs> Just like I'm going to predict 100% on this card. I think I'll predict 100% what will happen too. Yeah, 100% wrong. Because I'm Mystic Mac. I predict these <laughs> yeah, things. I think you're the farthest thing away from Irish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. <clears throat> getting uh, onto the card. Uh, starting off the early prelims uh, is the first Hawaiian on the card. There's two Hawaiians on the card. I'm not sure if you uh, were it, aware. It is what it is. <laughs> Uh, Max Holloway, of course, and then uh, another guy. He, I want to say this is his debut. Uh, debut. Probably. Yeah. UFC, uh, it should be UDB, Ultimate Debut, <laughs> Ultimate Debut Championship. Yeah, every UDC, week. UDC, yeah. Uh, his name is Punehele uh, Soriano. That sounds like slang, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, he's a middleweight, and... I haven't seen much on him, but he seems to be in high spirits. You know, he's excited yeah. for this fight. Uh, hopefully, you know, he doesn't get, I don't want to say ring rust, but, you know, he's fighting in the UFC now. He's going to yeah. be fighting in Vegas. Like and, jitters and shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Packed house. Uh, Maybe not when he's fighting. Because you know how they like to show up. Yeah, yeah. Everyone likes to show up late. Like, oh, there's two fights left. Well, you know all the nosebleeders are all there. Yeah. It's all the rich folk uh, yeah. <laughs> up front that aren't there yet. Oh, we're just here for the last two fights. Yeah, I wouldn't be nosebleeding, though, because I'm trying to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he has a record of 4-0, and uh, the guy's fighting is 11-1. and So, I mean, he is fighting, you know, a guy that's got 12 fights under his belt, uh, pro. Um. So I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm very interested uh, in that fight. Who who's he fighting? Did you say? Uh, he's fighting uh Oscar. Uh, Picota, I think his name Pichota. Is it both of their debut or just dude? I want to say it's the other guy's debut as well, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Uh, can you see the record? I just want to know who they fought last. Uh, it, I'm on the UFC, UFC's page, and it doesn't uh, oh. show that type of information. It just shows, like, strike average, you know, KO average. Uh, What's their... Okay, stuff. so give me their averages. Uh, Both guys have about the same KO, TKO average. Uh, <clears throat> 50% for uh, Punahele and 45% for Oscar. And then submission is uh, 33% for uh, uh, Punahele and 45% for Oscar Pichota. Alrighty. Yeah, decisions basically 17 and 19. So they're pretty even? Yeah, for the most part. So, I mean, I know we're not officially picking on this one, but I would have to edge it out to the guy with more experience. I would too, and that's why... Uh, I'm hoping he does good, um, just because it's you know it's cool to see uh, more Hawaiians into the sport and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but 
I'm with you, you know, experience conquers, uh, you know, an undefeated record, especially when it's 4-0. Oh. Yeah. You know, not shitting on him or nothing. He could be a complete badass and come out and starch this dude quick, but... Yeah. But, for what it's worth, other dude only technically, you know, well, not technically, but, you know, he has one loss. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that uh, fight real quick. Um, yeah, that's what I was wondering about the uh, record, so I could see how early that loss was. Yeah, in the guy in the eleven career. Eventually, we'll have all that extra information yeah. set up. Um, so going on to the first fight, uh, pick because we're not gonna always pick every fight on uh, the card because um, we don't want the show to be like three hours long of picks. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, that's why we picked uh, certain uh, fights on each, the early prelims, the prelims, and the main card. Usually the main card will do yeah. all the fights, but... Ones that pretty much stick out to us. Yeah. Unless it's the main card, then that's probably going to be every fight, like mm-hmm. you said. Okay, and so uh, the first fight we chose on the early prelims was Jessica I versus Vivian Arojo. Or Araujo. I'm not yeah. too sure how to pronounce it. Very Araujo. I'm sure I'm uh, butchering it. But yeah. Jessica I is 14-6. And six, and uh, Vivian is 7-1. and one. Uh, I'm not giving Vivian's reach or leg reach. Um, they're basically the same height, same weight. Um, KO, TKO. Uh, Jessica I has a 21% KO average, which isn't surprising. She's not really a KO artist. You know, she's yeah. got hands, but... Uh, I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Vivian has got a 38% uh, KO, TKO average, and then a 50% submission average, and that's about, you know, her high. What's I's submission? Uh, 7%. But her decisions are 71%. I just changed my prediction real hard. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, that could just mean she just doesn't go for submissions. doesn't necessarily mean that she's bad on the ground. I mean... Oh, okay. I thought that was, like, uh, finish percentage. Well, that's how many wins they would have gotten it by, or... You know what I mean? Like, that's so, the percentages. So, 50% <clears throat> of... Araujo, or however you say it, Araujo. Vivian. I'm just calling her Vivian. Okay, so half of her wins 50%, are by yeah. submission? Uh, well, I mean, if I were to go by all their percentages, they don't really add up because 38% for KO and TKO, 50% for submission, and then 13% for decision. Or maybe that's like... Uh, so it should be... She finishes 50% of the submissions she tries, maybe. Or half of her wins are by submission. I don't know. Uh, I'm just going off the UFCs. Like I said, eventually we'll have the better statistics in front of us. Um, Because I'm sure even the UFCs isn't 100% up to date. Yeah. Um, Which it should be because they're multi-billion company. (laughs) Uh, But overall, I think Jessica I looked great in her last fight. Yeah. Um... I know she edged that out with a uh, victory. I can't remember the, her last opponent. Um, 
was she the underdog in her last fight? I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I I want to say she's the one that had her uh, rank number two ear exploded. Her cauliflower ear. Forever ago. Yeah, <laughs> when it shot out and they yeah. stopped the fight and she was pissed. That's how you know you're a badass. When you get your ear busted open, yeah, you still want to go. go. It's hanging out. Uh, yeah, I'm not really too sure on her record. Who? Uh, I, like what? Whether or not. Like who her last fight was Oh yeah All that shit Did you have a pick for uh, this fight? Uh, I was gonna go with I by decision Mm -hmm. But now I'm going to pick uh, Vivian And she is from Brazil Yeah I'm gonna pick her with a So she's probably a black belt (laughs) Round 3 submission That's what I'm going with Round 3 submission? Yeah Okay just to keep it a little different, I'm going to go with Jessica I by decision. I think she'll be able to muscle her way through the takedowns and yeah, uh, know, stuff gonna, most of them. She's going to have to muscle her way up off the ground after <sighs> she's waking back up, you know? Because I'm winning this. Yeah, never know. Vivian, don't let me down. <laughs> this is your chance to get a new fan. All right, and so uh, on to the next one. Um, next pick or next fight you want to talk about? Uh, next pick. All right. Because the next fight is probably the next you know one we'll talk about. Cooper versus Tamer. Yeah. <sighs> and I remember seeing Tamer on. Uh, Ultimate Fighter. Yes, uh, I believe it was Tamer. I believe he also has a brother. Um, Daniel, I think, or David, David Tamer. This is Daniel. The, yeah, this is okay, Daniel. Okay, yeah, I'm and familiar then, yeah, with David. David, it might have been David that was on uh, Ultimate Fighter. I can't remember, but do you know they look almost identical? Do you know if this is his debut, Tamer? Uh, no, I believe he, he's had at least one or two fights uh, before prior to, in the UFC. Alrighty. Um, Kid Dynamite, <laughs> the nickname. So he better have knockout power. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure who Chase Hooper is. I want to say this could be his debut. Maybe second fight in the UFC. Uh, submission statistics between both men is almost equal. 50%, 40 30%. Uh, not too far off. Uh, Tamer has a 43% KO, TKO. Uh, Hooper has a 25%. Uh, KOTKO average. Um, <coughs> if I had to pick either one, I would probably go with uh, Tamer, just because I'm sure he's getting lots of practice in with his brother. Yeah. Uh, I know. If it wasn't him that I saw, then it was David, and you know he's been in uh, the UFC for a minute now, and. Uh, yeah, I know I've seen David for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they're getting a lot of training and, like I said, and uh, what weight class are they? Uh, I am not 145. 145. Uh, so I mean, Hooper. I haven't seen anything from him yet, so I couldn't tell you really much about him. Give me his knockout percentage one more again. Uh, his is twenty five percent. He's got fifty percent submissions. 
but uh, if I'm just going off of anything, I would go off of uh, training and the fact that Daniel Tamer is probably getting more elite training because now, you know, he's surrounded by elites, uh, you know, elite UFC uh, people, uh, you know, uh, the Performance Institute, stuff like that. Uh, they all have access to, uh, which Chase Hooper probably has access to now as well, but they're training beside each other. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Uh, but I would have to go with Daniel Tamer with, I'm going to go with the submission, uh, second round. Ooh. He's probably going to get, uh, a knockdown or something and. So you're going Tamer, round two. Yeah. Submission. So, the ironic part is I was going to pick Hooper, round two. Oh, yeah? Submission. Hmm. I didn't like that condescending. Hmm. <laughs> that was uh, good for you. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. Alright, so, as far as these things go, I'm not talking that much because I don't know. Like, I'm familiar with some of these people on the earlier yeah. card. But, you know, once I start getting into the people I'm more familiar with, mm -hmm. that's when I'll be able to put more input. Yeah. Until we get a little bit more technology to make this thing yeah, I was about to say, run it's still more fluid. Pre-alpha, you know. Yeah. Damn near close to beta. Yeah. Um... So now on to the next uh, fight, which is a welterweight bout between Matt Brown and Ben Saunders. Yeah, the immortal. And this is going to be a good fight to start off the uh, prelims with. I'm kind of disappointed they're not a little higher up, but I can understand opening up the prelims hot. Because, yeah. I mean... I Wait, they're, they're opening the prelims? Yes. Okay, I thought they were the... Main event of the prelims. Uh, no, we'll be going over that one as Damn. well, though. Oh, yeah, I remember who now. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty decent card. I'm pretty sure we'll probably be uh, betting the same on this one. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I like it when we pick different. It adds more. It does. It does. You know, bragging wow. rights. <laughs> so we have Matt Brown with a record of 23 and 16. <laughs> the Immortal. That's uh, he's been around thirty nine fights total. Yeah, decent. It's a lot of experience. Yeah, and then we have Ben Saunders, who is twenty two and eleven. That's thirty three fights. Uh, you know they're damn near uh, identical records almost. Mm -hmm. Makes sense uh, why they're matched up. Yeah. Um, Matt Brown's last fight was a win, and it wasn't that over Diego Sanchez. Or was that like a fight before that one? Was that the nasty elbow he got against Diego? No, I want to say that was the fight before. I'm not sure who he fought last time. Because if that was his last fight, that was a while ago. One, yeah. I mean, I know. Over he, a year. I know he's been out for a while. Yeah, let me. Uh, it was one nasty uh, elbow if yeah. anyone hasn't seen it. Nah, <laughs> he dropped like, I've never seen someone drop faster. From when they get knocked out, it's yeah. like he dove towards the ground. How fast! All it that was. momentum shot his head to the ground, basically. Yeah, and when I saw that, like if I had food in my mouth, I would have spit it out. You know, <laughs> it was. I was like, uh, 
Michael Jackson eating popcorn yeah. in the comments, you know? Like, that shit was intense. While you're looking that up, I'll uh, go over there. Uh, percentages. Alrighty. Uh, Matt Brown's KO percentages is 61%. Uh, Saunders is 50%. So that's, you know, that's pretty good for both guys. It's probably going to be a good slugfest. Submission is uh, just as close. 30%. Uh, for Matt Brown and 27% for Saunders. And then uh, decision is Matt Brown is 9% and Saunders is 23%. Ooh. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're looking at a decision on paper, <sighs> it would uh, say to choose Saunders. But I'm going to have to pick my, my boy Matt Brown. The Immortal. And I'm going to go with a first round knockout. Matt Brown. Because Matt Brown is a real dude. He's the type of guy that just... Honestly, he reminds me a lot of Cowboy Cerrone. And I mean that with a lot of, you know, respect. Because Cowboy, you know... Yeah. Definitely a man's man. Uh, Doesn't take shit. Doesn't put up with shit. Doesn't get involved in drama. You know, he's in it, you know, he's knows what he's there for and he knows what he has to do. And uh, that's something that I like about Matt Brown is he's real. You know, he's not fake. He doesn't do shit just to do it. Everything he does has a purpose and uh, I can appreciate something like that. So here's here's what is funny. I'm looking up their records right yeah. now. So they're both uh, three and one and they're or one and three in their last four fights. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So, um, Ben Saunders is on a three-fight losing streak, and, uh, Matt Brown was on a three-fight losing streak, and his last fight was against Diego Sanchez, okay. and I'm pretty sure that was in 2017. Yeah, but you gotta look at it. These guys both fight killers constantly because these guys yeah. aren't the lower. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not talking about like their actual losses. I, I was trying. I'm trying to point out the fact that it's been since 2017. Oh, yeah. Since I'm just saying their losses Matt in Brown general fought. too, though, are to you know ranked opponents. Or yeah, guys that eventually become ranked. Um, what'd you say Ben Saunders' submission rate was? Uh, it says 27%. Fuck. This is rough. But Matt Brown's is 30%. So, I mean, if it goes on the ground, I'm sure they're both going to be tearing it up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, Ben Saunders by decision. That'd be the way to go with him. Just because, I mean, I know that Matt Brown had that hellish knockout which was beautiful and I'm a Matt Brown fan but just the period of inactivity because Ben Saunders has been fighting in that time even though he's yeah, been he losing has. that's still being active yeah. you know so I'm going with Saunders uh, by decision alrighty I mean cause I if Matt Brown didn't have that layoff I would have picked him to win yeah. by a knockout and which he still very well could mm-hmm but the, the layoffs got me a little sketch because he was talking about retiring after that three-fight losing yeah. streak, and then he had an awesome finish over Diego Sanchez. Yeah, he felt great. 
and then he didn't fight since then. Yeah. So it's like, we'll have to see. But I could see him winning by knockout for sure. The only thing that's got me shook, <coughs> excuse me, is the layoff. I think he'll, uh, I think he'll come in hot. I think he's been wanting it. Yeah. Wanting to get up from a nap, I think. <laughs> All right, on to the next one. Uh, this is a middleweight bout between Ian Heinish versus the racist Heinish versus Amari <laughs> Akhmadov. <laughs> and I'm just going to go ahead and uh, say it right now. I'm going to go with Ian Heinish, and I'm going to go with a decision victory. <clears throat> All right, let me jot that down. Hit us with the uh, stats. All right. So we got Ian Heinish, the Hurricane, with a KO percentage of 31%, a submission percentage of 15%, and a decision percentage of 54%. Uh, We have seen him fight a few times. Yes. Maybe not a few, a couple. I'd say Uh, a few. He's been around for a man. Not not super long. Yeah, but maybe a couple of years, maybe a year or two now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I would say probably I, three or four times we've seen him. Yeah, been a fan since I first saw him. Uh, he only has one loss, uh, which was also a decision, I believe. Um, very close fight, if I remember as well. Um, I'm not too sure about Amari uh, Akhmadov. I want to say I've seen him fight before. Uh, he's 18 and four. He's from Russia. Uh, we know there's a lot of big boys coming out of Russia, so I'm sure we've seen him uh, somewhere down the road. If uh, if this isn't his debut, yeah. His record is 37% KO TKO percentage, 26% submission, and 37% decision. Uh, both guys have about the same uh, average fight time. Uh, the str- uh, significant strikes landed per minute is about the same. Three, it's over three point oh. Uh, overall, they're pretty close uh, on paper. So you you can't go wrong either way with uh, whatever your pick is. I think both guys are going to slug it out. I think it's going to come down to who has the bigger gas tank. Yeah. Who uh, is going to make the first mistake. I know Ian Heinish is really good with his boxing, but sometimes in his later rounds, if he is getting gassed, he keeps his hands down. Uh, it just gets a little bit too careless. I'm not sure about, like I said, uh, Akhmadov. Uh, he could just come out with a cardio of like a stallion and just throw haymaker after haymaker. Um, but like I said, I'm just going to go ahead and get Ian Heinish with the decision. Uh, we've seen him uh, last through flurries on uh, previous opponents as well as uh, uh, take it to opponents and... Uh, to me, at least, it's been nothing but impressing. You know, I've seen nothing but growth since his first fight. So that's why I'm going to go with uh, Heinish. I am going to go with Akhmadov by, uh, I'm going to go with round three TKO. Look at you. Just choosing and everyone that, And different. that counts, right? Like, so if he got an actual knockout, that would still count if I yes. just said TKO. Yes, okay. knockout TKO is basically Okay, the same. so 
I said round three, correct? Yes. Okay, so the reason, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm choosing that is because out of uh, Akhmadov's last four fights, mm -hmm. he's won three and did a draw on one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he has been in the UFC for a while. Uh, yeah. One, let me look. Or at least a couple fights. Because I wanted to say I'd seen him before, but I just sometimes... We've seen so many fights to where they all... Uh, He's been in the UFC since 2013. Okay. Damn. <laughs> yeah. All right, well... So I'm going with him. Uh, so I wanted to say that he would be really good at the ground, but I don't know much about him even though he's been in the UFC since Ranked that number long. 14. Yeah, but I'm Heinish just... ranked number 10. Yeah, I'm just... <clears throat> excuse me. Well, those are just numbers. Round three, TKO, Akhmadov. Yeah, eventually we'll have a... Uh, like all their past fights and all that stuff pulled up to to where it just yeah. everything's it'll be a well-oiled fucking machine oh yeah those Alrighty. that stick with us will uh get to enjoy the ride yeah we're digging our grave before we get rolling <laughs> all right that's what it is it's all about growth yep on to the last card of the prelims or the last fight of the prelims excuse me we have a welterweight bout between Jeff Neal and Mike Perry. Platinum Mike Ooh, Perry. Platinum Mike. New nose Perry is what we're going to say. Wasn't a fan of uh, Perry uh, when he first made his debut into the UFC. I thought he was coming a little too hot. You know, when uh, Till's getting his victory and he's coming up and screaming against the cage. It's like, yeah, you know, we I've all know you want to shoot your shot, but... I've been a fan ever since this first fight that I saw. <laughs> oh, I bet. You wanted to get that same platinum tattoo above your eyebrow. Yeah. I've got a, a blonde wife that trains me. Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. Over time, he has grown on me. His personality, uh, I feel in the sport, has matured. You know, you can tell he's definitely been humbled. Uh, he was on a tear. And he thought his shit didn't stink. And then, you know, reality hit. Um, so I do respect him more. You know, he's definitely a uh, a fighter that is for the fighters. And uh, he's always about putting on a show for his fans. And um, just even him engaging with the fans itself. Uh, I know he likes to engage with the fans. So that's, that's cool. Um, Jeff Neal. I know we've seen him fight uh, uh, a few times uh, in the UFC. Uh, he is a good fighter. I know that he uh, can slug it out with the best of them. Yeah. Um, he's only lost twice uh, compared to Perry's four, but both gentlemen still have you know eleven and two and thirteen and four. You know that's that's still a really good record. Yeah. Um. We'll go over some st uh, some statistics. Uh, Neil has a KO TKO percentage of fifty eight percent, a submission percentage of seventeen percent, and then a deci decision average of twenty five percent. Perry, on the other hand, has a KO TKO percentage of eighty five percent, a submission average of zero percent. <laughs> And then a 15% decision average. 
Um, overall, I really think this fight is going to be a slugfest. I think it's either going to be complete control by one fighter to where one fighter is just going to demolish the other one. I mean, that it's not going to be completely one-sided, you know. Yeah. It's going to be a nice slugfest, but I do feel like it would be a clear-cut, you know, winner uh, if it goes all three. But uh, I also feel like one of these guys could just put it on it, you know, and knock the other one out. Uh, this fight has... Uh, basically all the ingredients uh, for a knockout fight. So in saying that with uh, Mike Perry's new nose and his new outlook on fighting, uh, I believe he's coming off of a victory. Mike Perry? Yeah, or is it a loss? Uh, I want to say it's a loss because of that broken nose, but I'll look real quick. Even if it was a loss, I'm pretty sure it was like super decision close. against Vicente Luque. Okay, yeah, I so think he did lose. Didn't yeah, he? I think like it was like kind of like close until yeah that nose break yeah, uh, which wasn't like very late in the last round. Yeah, but even still, he's been fighting nothing but killers. So yeah. those were all his losses. Uh, Cowboy Cerrone and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Vicente Luque, Cowboy, Paul Felder. Yeah, uh, I forgot about Felder. Max Griffin. Hmm. Uh, maybe it was Griffin I was thinking about. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. That's who it is, Ponzinibbio. <clears throat> <coughs> so what? It, what is your pick? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Mike Perry with the second round KO. Round two KO. I am going to go with a round three submission for Jeff Neal. The reason I'm saying that is because this is going to be his fourth fight in the UFC. Mm-hmm. He's a three and one in the UFC. All of his wins have been by a finish. Okay. He only losses by... A decision, and in Perry's last six fights, he's three and three. Yeah, so that's why I'm going with uh, Jeff Neal in the UFC. At least he's got a high finish rate. Yeah, and Perry's kind of been on a win one lose one, but he is a bad motherfucker, yeah. and I am a fan of his fighting style. It's always entertaining, no matter win or lose with him. He's in there to fucking fight. I'm just gonna go with the underdog on this one. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure he's the underdog in this fight. I said round three sub, right? Uh, yes. I've got to double check myself because I'm doing a lot of fucking statistics <laughs> over here. <clears throat> yeah, I'd, I I want to look at uh, Jeff Neal's uh, record real, real quick to see if I've seen him fight before. I want to say I, that I have. I'm pretty sure we have. I'm almost positive we have. I mean, we. I don't think we've missed a, a fight in forever. Yeah, his last fight was 240 against Nico Price. Okay. He won by a knockout. Man, that was a good fight. I remember that now. But Nico bounced back after that. He got that out. fucking upkick knockout. Yes, knocked out uh, Vic. Man. <laughs> Poor James Vic, dude. <sighs> he, he was on a tear fucking, I'm the hardest working guy. Yeah. 
I'm gonna knock just, out Homer Simpson. Yeah, just got melted in his last three fucking Justin fights. Justin Gaethje dude. fucking destroyed him. Oh yeah, made him do half a cartwheel. Justin Gaethje took his soul. Ever since that fight, uh, James Vick's never been the same. Yeah. He lost his chin that night. And so I want to say Jeff Neal started in the UFC this year. Did he really? And this is going to be his fifth fight. Jeez. Talk about hard work and that's putting in work. Wait, no, I take that back. He started uh, 2018. Cause it's weird on here because usually they have the yeah. years separated. But this one is lumped together. But I don't still, know. I mean, five fights within, you know, that time frame. Yeah. Uh, usually fighters take three to six months off, depending on how bad a fight is. So. It'll be his third fight this year. Yeah, see, that's still... Yeah, you know, that's, that's a high rate for yeah. a UFC fighter now. Most they, like fighters, the, the lower... One to two fights a year. Yeah, the lower ranked people, they always do like three or four fights a year, but the champs are like one or two. It's because they're scared to lose yeah. that belt, that gold. Then again, I mean, when you're making quarter of a million yeah. dollars a fight up, you know, I wouldn't want to lose that shit either. Yeah, because didn't Usman win that title like last year? Like last uh, November or something? I believe shit? so, but he also went through surgery and. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He won the title and took a break, just like how fucking Woodley did. Yeah. Just like, you know. Well, they, they're probably put on some new champ insurance policy <laughs> yeah. where it's like, oh, now I can get all this shit done. I'm the champ. They can't. They can't strip me just because I'm hurt. All right, so with uh, the prelims being all done with our picks, we will go on to the main card, and we will start it off with a bantamweight bout between Peter Yan and Uriah Faber. The California adult. (laughs) California butt chin. Yeah. So, Petrion versus Uriah Faber. And Faber is, this is his second fight coming out of retirement. Yes. His fight back was against Ricky Simone, who fought on last week's card. Yes, lost by a decision, but still was a good fight. Uh, yeah. Uriah Faber, however, won versus Ricky Simone his last fight and knocked him out yeah, first round. a surprising first round. First round, right? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I think it was quick, too. Within, I don't think it made like it to second. A couple minutes, yeah. yeah. You're he definitely ate a shot, too. So, I mean, it, he showed that he can still take it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> that shocked me. <sighs> I thought Simone was going to win. Yeah. He's a bad dude. But, you know, Faber worked out for him. I mean, for this uh, fight, it's the stats are obviously going to be a little bit one-sided. Uh, the record... Uh, Peter Yan is twelve and one, and Uriah Faber is thirty four and ten. You know, obviously a forty four uh, fights compared to thirteen. Yeah. Uh, as well as Uriah Faber has also been uh, a champions uh, or a champion in previous uh, uh, organizations. organizations. Thank you. I was going to say. Uh, competitions but um their KO sub and decision percentages uh Peter Yan is 38% KO uh 8% submission and 54% uh decision 
Uriah Faber is 29% KOTKO, 49% submission, and 23% decision. Uh, so on average, they're looking about the same. Uh, you know, obviously Uriah has the sub advantage. Uh, KO and TKO are almost the same. Maybe, uh, maybe almost 10, 10 uh, percent off. And then decision would obviously go to Peter Yan with fifty four percent to Uriah's twenty three. Um, I think Peter Yan could possibly. Uh, try to rush uh, Uriah and try to just outpunch him, basically. Yeah. But I think Uriah has enough experience, and he's dealt with that before, especially with his last fight against Ricky. Yeah. That he can show that you know he can he can deal with uh, a quick start. He can deal with someone coming at his face so with that in his last fight i like peter yan i think he's a great fighter we've watched a few of his fights uh, uh previously but i'm gonna have to go with uriah faber and i'm gonna go with hmm this one's crazy because you know just had a knockout yeah <laughs> but at the same time he's Awesome ground game. Yeah. Uh, and the last time he fought before them was in 2016. And yeah. <laughs> and it, and his last four fights, he's two and two. Man, I know that Peter Young's also good on on the ground. So I don't know. I guess it would just depend. This fight would also come down to uh, cardio and just. Uh, you know who can who can tire the other one out quicker? Who's going to get the better shots uh, first? Yeah. Uh, so with that, I'll just get, I'll just go ahead and go with uh, Faber with a round two. Um, uh, round two TKO. Round two TKO. I am going to go with. Uh, Petra Jan winning by decision. He is 5-0 and in the UFC. Yeah. And two of them were finishes, three of them were decisions. So that's where I'm basing my okay. uh, pick off of. Because obviously Faber coming back against, yeah. you know, Ricky Simone was awesome. But I want to say that... Uh, Petrion has a little bit more experience, and he probably saw that fight, Ricky yeah. Simone against uh, Uriah Faber, and probably jotted down some notes like, hey, let's not do it this way. So, yeah, I'm going with Petrion. There's, uh, there's a lot of uh, videos out there of uh, Uriah. He oh, can yeah. Use. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so you're going with Petra. Yeah. So... With petroleum yawn. Yeah. <laughs> with that fight uh, concluding, we will move on to the next one. And that would be another bantamweight bout between Marlon Marias versus Jose Aldo. Man, this is going to be a banger. Yeah. If it makes it past the first round. We have two guys here that are just snipers for one. 
you have Marlon Marias, who, although lost his last fight uh, to Henry Cejudo, um, you know, he's just, he's a monster. He's very unorthodox. He, uh, they don't call him Magic Marlon Marias for nothing. You know, like he, he's got pizzazz when he fights. He, um, I don't know, he's just, he's a different type of energy when he's in the ring, is a good uh, way to describe him and yeah. his fighting style. Definitely a beast. And going up against a legend like Jose Aldo, I mean, this is the number one ranked guy versus the number three ranked guy, uh, Marlon being number one and Aldo being number three. Yeah. Uh I mean, they're almost identical across the board. I mean, even if you look at them, uh, not to be disrespectful, but they almost look like each other. This, you know, it's <laughs> almost like Marlon is a mini Jose uh, coming up, you know, up and coming. Um, and I say that with respect, just because both guys are just complete monsters. Uh, Marlon Marias with a record of twenty-two and five, four and one in his last five fights. Yes, and that loss was to Henry Cejudo, which, you know, some people want to call him Triple uh, triple G or Triple Champ. <laughs> triple G. But, uh... Gennady. Yeah, I definitely uh, won't be calling him that, you know. The Olympics <laughs> yeah. has nothing... That medal yeah. has nothing to do with... The Olympics is like the Happy Meal medal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fucking proud of that thing. I yeah. mean, yeah, be proud of it, but yeah. no one gives a shit about it in the UFC <laughs> except for you. I don't know. I think a lot of wrestlers respect it. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a respect thing, but yeah. he acts like, you know, he's a triple champ. It's like, no, dude, you're you're only a double champ. You know, you're not holding three of anything at once. Um, Just because the Olympics, you know, you don't hold that championship. It's just like, here's your medal for participating, you know, for doing good. Uh, no disrespect for people in the Olympics, but doesn't pertain to UFC in my opinion. Uh but getting back to uh Mr. Marias. He has a KO percentage of 45%, a submission percentage of 27%, and a decision percentage percentage of 27%. So I mean any way you pick with him is a possibility, really. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Aldo, on the other hand, uh, his KOTKO percentage is 61%. His submission percentage is 4%. Although, do not let that dis disclaim you because, or discourage you, I should say. <laughs> disclaim. disclaim you. Yeah. Don't uh, disclaim Yeah. Me. Don't disclaim me. Uh, don't let it discourage you because Aldo, uh, is a black belt. Yeah. And also a monster. We've seen him scramble on the ground like a fucking madman. Two and three in his last five. Yes. And a 36% decision. Each guy uh, lands about the same percentage, percentage of uh, significant strikes. Yes. Uh, 3.2 <clears throat> and a 3.4. Uh, Aldo does absorb more punches 
uh, permanent than Marias does. Uh, both have an even defense of 65%. You know I don't think that's that's fair because those two Max Holloway fights amp that number up a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> Holloway's just peppering you the whole time. So. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, these are just the UFC's numbers. It's yeah. just paper. When it comes down to the nitty-gritty, both guys have an equal shot. Uh, and with saying that, I love Aldo. I've been an Aldo fan since, you know, I found out about him, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Marias is just a killer that's just an up-and-comer, and I truly do see gold around his waist someday. And with saying that, I'm going to have to go with Marias with the first-round knockout. Round one, KO for Gregory. So, <clears throat> for me, I'm kind of torn on this one. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like Auto dropping weight. That too, and I completely spaced that too. It's gonna you be reminded me. See, because I, I know that he did it legit. Like he actually went on a diet. Yeah. To get down to like a safe, like so he could cut safely. And the UFC has people that help with that shit too. Yeah, it's not like he just from his regular weight he tried to cut that extra shit at the last minute. Yeah. So I do think that's a little bit of saving grace there. But at the same time, he's looking like the mechanic. Yes. Like, it looks like he's just skin and bones right now. He hasn't tested himself at his weight that he's at yet. Yeah. And, and he's doing it against someone that, like I said, is a, is a killer. And at the same time, when Connor was cutting to 45, he was sucked down like that too, but was a fucking killer. Yes. And that's a, it could be a, uh, another instance of that. Yeah. But at the same time, Connor was cutting that weight for longer than Aldo was cutting this weight. Yeah. So, I want to say... Uh, okay, so my official pick, I'm going to go with Marais, mm-hmm. uh TKO in round two. Mm-hmm. But I think if Aldo's going to win this, he's going to have to rely <clears throat> on those leg kicks. Oh, for sure. Because he hasn't been doing them recently. And I, I don't know if it's maybe an injury that's happening or yeah. just possibly age but I mean those Aldo leg kicks have always been brutal. Because I want to say that's what turned the tide in the Cejudo fight is when he started attacking the legs. Of Marias? Yeah. Yes. I think that's what slowed him down mm-hmm. and then went on to you know quote unquote break him Yeah, in the fight. So I think if Aldo's going to win he's going to chop the legs and get a decision if he's going to win but I'm officially picking Marias for round two. Okay. TKO. I agree. Okay, so, uh, I don't know. What do you think happens with Aldo after this? If if he loses, what do you think well, happens? Depending on the fashion, I feel if he gets knocked out in the first round, I feel just because he's he's been so iffy here and there with a lot of his decision-making. Like, I know at one point when he wasn't getting the rematch with Connor, he was wanting to quit UFC and start playing soccer in Brazil, which he could do, you know, that, yeah. that could be a fall, a uh, fallback plan for him. He could play, uh, uh, soccer. Um, which on, by the way, they offered him that Connor rematch and he said no the first yeah. time. So <laughs> they offered him right after. Yeah. That's on you for not accepting that. Yeah. Right then and there. You can't decline it and then bitch that you don't get a rematch, yeah. you know? 
but I'm not. Like I said, I, I, I love Jose. You know, been a fan since first time I saw him. But I do agree with you on that. You can't turn down a rematch fight and then cry about it later. What's up with Brazilians in soccer? You know, because uh, Segwayan, Amanda Nunes. Yeah, her soccer versus uh, Durandamy. And did you know uh, Durandamy is a uh, a Dutch policeman? Yes. Yeah. Very uh, very interesting uh, careers some of these fighters have. Yeah, Stipe, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. You know, her a policewoman. Well, her being a policewoman especially makes sense because how dirty she was fighting against the. <laughs> Holly Holm. Yeah. <laughs> Cheating after that fucking yeah. crooked ass cop. I remember we weren't too <laughs> thrilled with that, but yeah. at the same time, I'm an Iron Lady fan, I won't lie. Yeah, I, I definitely like her fighting style, and she's I think she's a really humble. nice lady. Yeah, very humble. But she should have lost that fight against Holly. And I completely agree How with you. you. Or at least decision. have more than one point taken, if she even yeah. had a point taken. She didn't at all. Yeah. And if and she would have had one point taken, she would have lost the yeah. fight. And that was egregious, because two, <laughs> yeah. two punches well after the bell. Yeah. So, but and, other and than separate, that, separately, not yes. like pop, pop after the bell. It was two rounds. Yeah. And they were five. significant fucking strikes. Yeah. I think one of them Both dropped her. Both yeah. ass, I believe. Yeah. So, but like I said, with saying that, I'm, uh, I am still a uh, Iron Lady fan. And that seg- segues us into the next fight, like you said, with Amanda Nunez, uh, who has a record of 17 and 4. And Jermaine Durandamain, who has a record of 18-3, and three, although both women have done kickboxing and have uh, uh, undefeated records. Or at least I know uh, Jer- uh, Jermaine Durandamain has an undefeated record of like 44-48-0 kickboxing. Um, she did lose to Amanda Nunes in their first fight. This is their second fight they're having. It's like six years later. Uh uh, Durandamain lost their first fight via uh, ground and pound from the bottom. Uh, Amanda Nunez basically took her into full mount and just, uh, you know, schoolyard bullied, bully punched her until uh, it was stopped. Yeah. And I don't know, just I feel like Durandamain has shown a lot of growth. Uh, she's yeah. the number one ranked uh, contender. Uh, their percentages: Amanda Nunes is seventy-two percent KO, and that's crazy for uh, a female fighter. I don't think any other female fighter is probably that high, besides maybe Shevchenko and Cyborg. Seventy-two percent KO TKO. Uh, average 17% submission and 11% decision, which she also is a black belt in jujitsu. So that 17%, you know, isn't yeah. really anything. It's just no one really goes down with her. Uh, she usually goes down on them. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we weren't going to be lowbrow on this one, on this uh, version of shows. Uh, I was just a... nope, you're just opening the door. Floodgates are fucking open now. Yeah, fuck it. Nah, I'm just kidding. Nah. Uh, all right, and then Durand Main's uh, KO TKO percentage is 44%. Uh, she has a 0% submission average, which she never really had a ground game, although she has yeah. been uh, practicing more and more. 
Uh, I know recently for this fight, she called out uh, uh, a few American wrestlers to come and help her. Yeah. Um, and she has a 56% decision average. So The decision later. But I don't feel like this fight's going to go to decision. I don't either. Um, Before we get into picks, I want to say that Amanda Nunez is on a nine-fight win streak. Her last loss coming in 2014 by uh, Kat Zingano. Durandame is on a five-fight win streak. Last loss in 2013 against Nunez. Hmm. I am going to go with the Iron Lady. One, because I'm not a big Nunez fan. Yeah, you've always been a Nunez hater ever since she beat the one trick pony. And I'm, I don't even like her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I just. Which I'm just joking. I respect Rhonda's martial art abilities. But she got her ass beat yeah, by I, Nunez. Nunez is a good, great fighter. Yeah. She's the female goat and everything, but I'm yeah, just not a fan of her. Cemented at this point. Yeah. She's made all the best. <laughs> but I do feel this fight could, you know, if Jermaine Duranamain does win, that could put her in a, a goat territory. Nope. nope. Why not? She refused to fight Cyborg. That was at a different time. Like a year ago. Yeah, but we also don't know all the full details. Yeah, she's a pussy. She's afraid of the <laughs> no, who, who was thought, technically. I the thought girl. I heard something about that, uh, to where like she was like going through some shit and she just wanted some time or something like that. No, or... I heard that she didn't want to fight uh, Cyborg because Cyborg has failed drug tests in the past. I mean, but can you blame her? Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, she's getting tested now. Well, yeah, now, but I I'm think just she saying, just like, didn't want that. Like, eh, you never know. She know. Well, here's what I think it was. You think she was scared to get knocked out? Exactly. But not like in that sense. I think it's because her last fight that she lost was against Nunez, and Nunez for sure cracks. Yeah. She knows that Nunez hits like a motherfucker, and Cyborg is substantially bigger than... Oh, yeah, for sure. And obviously Cyborg is just knocking people out left and right. I mean, it could have been a scare tactic. Like I said, I thought I heard something else that there was a little bit more deeper to it, but... Yeah. Like I said, it is what it is. I mean, she's still a great fighter, don't get me wrong, and I definitely wouldn't want to fight Chris Cyborg. But the fact is that the fucking goat, Amanda Nunes, dethroned Chris Cyborg in the first fucking round, dude. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. She said, oh, you used to fail steroid tests? I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I won't lie. I I really do think that uh, uh, Jermaine Durandaman will knock out Amanda in this fight. And you picked what round? Man, I'm picking a lot of knockouts for this card. Yes. <laughs> hey, but sometimes it happens. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead with a round three. I think they're just going to pick off at each other, and then she's going to get some type of pep talk from her coach or something that's like, hey, you know, championship rounds are coming up. Amanda could take these rounds. You need to fucking end it. You know, and she just comes out and cracks Amanda. Just gets her in a flurry. Puts her up against the cage. Pressures her. uh, You know, uses some of her kickboxing. You know, utilize her skills. uh, Especially her her length and her reach. Yeah, we know she likes to run. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who do you have for that? 
I got the fucking goat when yeah, I did. Yeah, of course you yeah. do. See, because I've never been a Amanda Nunes hater like yourself. Uh, hey, I never said yeah. that. I, she wasn't a good fighter. Because yeah, trust me, I like watching her fight. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the work she did against Rousey was fucking... I mean, that was... It was literally like watching... CM Punk fight. Yeah, or just even... You know, uh, CM Punk lasted longer than her in both of his fights. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Except he wasn't fighting somebody like Amanda Nunes. He was fighting, no, no disrespect. You know, Mickey Gall's yeah, a talented yeah. fighter, but he's not. He wasn't UFC caliber at the time. Yeah. You know, but uh, she just declassed basically Ronda. Like, yeah, just she's like oh, shit on her. You really are an amateur yeah. on the feet. You thought you were just gonna knock out Betch Cahaya and come in here? Yeah, you're doing shit, bitch. I'm going with the fucking goat because she's fucking, you know, Connor said, I would ride into his favela on horseback. Talk about decapitating him and shit. Yeah. She's decapitated all those fucking great legendary girls. Yeah, but see, I just, watching all these UFC embeddeds and stuff and just hearing her talk about Jermaine, uh, it's almost like she's overlooking this fight to some degree. I know she's like taking it seriously because it's a fight, but yeah. I do feel because when whenever she's asked like um uh, how do you think she's improved and do you think uh she's a better fighter than what she was and what do you think's going to be different and she's just like over, you know, I'm not even going to try to do her voice. <laughs> yeah, you racist. <laughs> over over she's you know just says like over 6 years uh, um, you know, she grew, but I grew too. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, she says like, uh, I still don't think she could beat me. You know, I am the female champ, you know, basically just almost writing her off. Like I beat her once before, you know, I'll do it again kind of thing. And it's like, it's not always the case. Yeah. I mean, look at Steep A in DC. Uh, you know, DC had that shit until he didn't. Yeah. And that could be very well what we see. So I don't know. I just feel like Nunez, yeah, she has all the, uh, the things to win, all the skills. Which she's gonna. But I feel like she could just be overlooking this a little too much. That's just my opinion. Yeah. My fucking opinion. I'm picking. She's going to win round two knockout. So the reason I say that is because of her last fight that she lost. I know it was in 2014 and probably a lot of growth has happened since then, which Mm -hmm. I would assume. But the reason I'm saying that is because that fight that she lost against Kat Zingano was by decision. She was beating Kat's ass. And then, uh, like, she, she burned out. So later on in the fight, her cardio wasn't there. And that's how Kat was able to come back. Oh, Nunes? Yeah. Wow. So, the, I feel like Nunes is going to win by knockout if it's within the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how her cardio would hold up in the fourth and fifth round if it goes into the deep waters. If it does go to deep waters, I hope the Iron Lady fucking puts her fist through. I think she would Nunes if it goes in a deeper skull. water. You know? Yeah. If she plays it smart and lets Nunez 
wear herself out. Yeah. I think it would be her fight, but And she easily could. Yeah. I think but I think Nunez gonna win in round two knockout because I think she knows if it goes into the later rounds it's gonna be way harder. I'm not just, not that she's oh you're just gonna go in there and knock her out. Yeah. It, you know, it's not obviously it's not that easy, but I think that's the way it's gonna happen. Round two knockout. Won't well, be easy, but it, I think it'll happen that way. I respect your uh opinion and your decision. Well, you should because it's right. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. On to the next one then, mate. <laughs> we got... Uh, it is what it is versus the rugby player. Yes, a featherweight title bout between Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, buddy. We got Max Holloway. Max blessed Holloway with a record of 20-4. and four. Coming off a loss uh, against uh, P-Head Poirier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you getting me sick coughing at the same time? Yeah, man, you getting me sick. Uh, well, your last loss was to Dustin Poirier. Um, definitely got outclassed in that fight. I feel... Definitely. A lot of things were shown in that fight for other fighters on possibly how to, uh, you know, almost the blueprint on how to beat Max Holloway. I would say yes and no to that, but we can get into that. And that's how I feel, too, because he was still popping uh, Poirier with some good shots. It's just the power wasn't there. It wasn't yeah, translated. Because he went up for that fight. Yes. Yes. Um. <clears throat> And Alexander Volkanovsky is on a record of 19-1. and one. I do believe he's undefeated in the UFC. Um, yeah, I, I want to say so as well. Percentages for these gentlemen. Uh, Max Holloway has a KO percentage of 48%, a submission percentage of 10%, and a decision percentage of 43%. Uh, Volkanovsky has a percentage of... Or a KO percentage of 55%, submission percent of 15%, and a decision percent of 30%. Uh, so, I mean, overall, damn near identical, uh, like a lot of these other fights on this card. Yeah. It's going to be a really good card overall. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> it's on paper. It's a solid one. Yeah. Each gentleman has a significant strike uh, percentage landed per minute of over 6.1. Um, although Max Holloway does absorb more shots yeah. uh, per minute than uh, Volkanovski. Defense is uh, the same, 63 and 62. Uh, but grappling would go to... Uh, the takedown average would go to Volkanovski with 2.78 uh, compared to Holloway's 0.26. Like I said, these are just the UFC's numbers. So if anyone wants to bitch about my percentages, <laughs> bitch at them. <laughs> yeah. You uh, know how shaky that could be. Yeah. Look at last week when they had the wrong fighter <laughs> yeah. posted and all that. Crazy. Well, that was more Google, but still, somebody fucked up somewhere. And in all honesty, this fight can go either way. 
I think Holloway could perform like he usually does. I think he could definitely put on a uh, a show, you know, a blessed show. Yeah. You know, basically. It's the blessed era. Uh, but Volkanovsky's just on a tear. He's looking for gold. Uh, he has the power to knock guys out. He has the combinations. He has the speed. He has the cardio. Uh, you know, he's gone up against big names. Uh, Jose Aldo. Yeah. Uh, um, Chad Mendes. Chad Mendes, thank you. I was <laughs> going to say psoriasis cream or whatever he uses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, that pissed me off. I wish Chad didn't retire. Yeah. I like watching Chad fight. Good fighter. Yeah. And um, that fight I rewatched against Volkanovski. Yeah. That was an awesome fight. Yeah. They're I, friends now, actually. Because I remember Chad uh, losing. But then when I rewatched the fight, I was like, damn, dude, Chad was close to finishing that thing. Like, he rocked Volkanovski at one yeah. point was fucking pouring it on. Yeah, but they're friends now. But then it ended up like uh, Connor. He was crumpled against the cage covering <laughs> his head. But I get it, you know, Volkanovski dropped him a couple times. He dropped yeah. Volkanovski a couple times. Two fucking short meatheads banging it yeah. out, dude. They don't it's give the name a of the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Alexander Volkanovski, though, just because I think watching the last Holloway fight really drove and motivate him even more because it does show, hey... Max Holloway is human like the rest of us and can yeah. get beat up just like the rest of us. Uh, so with that, the momentum of that and just the momentum of Volkanovski uh, in general, I'm basing my decision off of, um, as well as skill. I mean, I know obviously both gentlemen are skilled. Yeah. But uh, Volkanovski, I think, just has that that extra power uh, uh, where Holloway doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so I will go with Volkanovski. And I know I've said it a lot tonight. <laughs> but I'm gonna go have I'm gonna have to go ahead and uh get a probably a first round knockout. Ooh, damn. Yeah. I, I like Holloway. I've been a fan of the Blessed Era. But but I think the Blessed Era is coming to an end. Has he ever been finished though? Or was his Holloway? Only, uh, or was He's his been own? finished by uh I think McGregor, McGregor finished I think that him. was a decision. I thought that was a TKO, unless I'm thinking of Poirier. I'm probably thinking yeah, of Poirier. Yeah, he knocked Poirier out. Uh, Connor knocked Poirier out. Let okay. me look that up real quick. So I, I want to say Ma- uh, Max has never been finished. In- he has four losses, but I'm not oh, sure Oh, I thought he only are. had two, let me, at least in the UFC. Let me see real quick. Um, but anyways, let me ask you this while I'm looking this up. Um... How do you think Max is, though, fighting off his uh, back, you know, going backwards? Because I think that's where, where this is going to uh, I think, come into play. I think he won't be able to stand the pressure 100%, and his shots obviously won't be as powerful. There'll be less strength behind him than what there is now. Don't get me wrong. Max uh, Holloway definitely has power behind his shots, but yeah. he's more of a volume puncher. Yeah, he's like a Diaz. Yeah, he wants to hit you with as many shots as he can. Yeah, there's power behind it, but not enough to knock you out. You know, you may get stunned after, like, the eighth one in a row pops you. 
but uh, you know, it'll take a few before it gets to you kind of thing. Whereas I feel Volkanovsky's got the power to just, you know, he can hit you one good time and rock you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Holloway, I think if he is pressured with enough uh, uh, pressure to where he's cut off, you know, uh, uh, cut off from running, uh, and Volkanovski can get him get up against the fence and stuff, and just, or even like you said, just keep uh, cutting his corners and uh, driving into him and uh, causing him to constantly keep moving and have to work. I think that would uh, benefit Volkanovski. So I'm looking this up. All four of his losses are in the UFC. His first loss was by Poirier. What was that? Uh, 2012. It was his first fight in the UFC. Decision or uh, submission round one. Okay. And then after that, he lost to Dennis Bermudez by decision. Hmm. And then, where was it? Uh, Connor. I want to say Connor was by decision, but let me double check on that boy. You uh, was it 2014 that they fought? Um, no, I am not sure, honestly. Fifteen. We may just throw a fucking wrench in the spokes right now. Nah, you're good. Um. <clears throat> anyways, uh, I can't find it right now. He's had a lot of fights in the yeah. UFC. Even if he hasn't <clears throat> been finished yet, I mean. Well, look- it Poirier did finish him. Oh yeah, by, that, by submission in the first round. That is true. In his first fight. Well, no, I mean, like, by uh, KO, TKO. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he's been TKO'd. But it, I want to say it was a decision by Connor. It probably was. Um. Anyways, I think the... Uh, I'm t- also taking uh, Volkanovski. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with uh, decision. Okay. So the reason I'm saying that is because... I'm suspecting that he's never been finished, like, you know, knocked out, finished. Yeah. He has taken a lot Holloway. of damage in his last few fights. Yeah, Holloway. But uh, the fight that he just had at 145, Dustin was tagging him up. He did get rocked a couple times, but he didn't get finished. Yeah. So he still got a chin. And I think that heavier weight, and since Dustin's been living at that weight for a minute, that's probably a lot more yeah, power in his shots. For sure. Than, but Volkanovski did used to walk around at like 210 or some yeah, shit. old rugby player. Yeah, so he's like he's a different kind of muscle, yeah. you know? So I think Holloway's going to have trouble fighting off his back foot mm-hmm. and going backwards because if he does come in like he usually does, if Volkanovski figures out that range and timing, he's good at counterfighting. Yeah, and he even has a longer range than Holloway coming yeah. into this fight, which is nuts. Yeah. Because the height difference just between them two. So you said round one TKO you're going with? Uh, no, KO. Well, that, that counts as well, the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's going to get knocked the uh, fuck okay, out. Okay, stiff, sleeping. <laughs> and I'm going to go with decision, I said. I'm, but I'm curious to see if Volkanovski can go to a five-round decision. We will see. But that's what I'm going to go with. Regardless, I can still get a point if he wins. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now on to the final fight of the night. 
Marty Fake Newsman versus <laughs> Kobe Chaos Covington. Yes. And I'm just going to go ahead and say you're picking Covington right off the rip just because... Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and go over the records real quick. Nah, we'll just skip all that. Okay, so we have a record for Kamara Usman of 15-1 and one, and a record for Colby Covington of 14-1. and one. Damn near identical. Yeah. Obviously, And their the fighting fight, styles are pretty similar. They're <laughs> almost the same yeah. person. It's literally like just... You had the same person. It's just one's black and one's white. In all honesty, yeah. like we're gonna see two guys going at it that could literally go anyway. Can go to the ground because they're both wrestlers. They could stand up and slugfest the entire time. We can watch dirty boxing and clinch work the entire time. But regard and and the thing is, it could end in the first round or it can go all five. Yeah, like this is the fight that could go all five, and it's gonna be action. Every single round. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I hope it's not a stalemate. With their, like, with their cardio, that's how this fight is supposed yeah. to go. I just hope it's not a stalemate like Ngannou and Lewis. Yeah. Like they're uh, both too afraid to engage because they're like, well, we don't want to get embarrassed. Cause... That would be disappointing. So, uh, what were you going to... I was just going to go over some of their percentages okay, real quick. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Usman, his KO percentage is 40%. His submission percentage is 7%, and his decision percentage is 53%. Yeah, well, he likes to only go 30%. Yeah, so. yeah that's his big thing. I'm 30%. hoping he goes a hundo in this fight, because <laughs> I would want to see what a hundred looks yeah. like. And uh, for Colby Chaos Covington, we have 20% for KO, TKO, 27% for submission, and then... 53% for decision as well. So both guys rest at 53% decision. Uh, Colby with the 27% submission. But Usman also has a uh, ground game. Yeah. A uh, D2 wrestler. Obviously fucked Woodley up. Yes. Had him just on his back destroyed the whole time. Woodley, Woodley was a turtle in that fight. Yeah. I honestly felt bad for Woodley in that fight. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the 20% difference with the KO and TKO average. But... That really, you know, doesn't necessarily mean much when you got a guy like Colby Covington who in his last fight is breaking records for throwing, what, over a thousand punches? No, it was like five-something, five-hundred-something. But I'm saying in total, I could have sworn That was just one fight against Robbie Lawler. It was like five-something, five-hundred-and-sixty-something. I'll look that up. Alrighty. Um, I, so... For this fight, Covington scares me because when he's like standing in the pocket and throwing, yeah, he like looks down towards the ground, like kind of looks when and does his haymaker, yeah. like hook type deals, and definitely leaves himself open for an uppercut. Yeah, so that's what sketches me out, like a real sneaky uppercut or something. I think could be landed on that. Once again, I'm not professional. That's just what I see with my amateur eyes. And I think Usman is a hurt coming into this. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I did see him. Uh, it looked like he was uh, wobbling in one of his interviews. Did you see the video? Okay, so you know how they uh, put, the, like, they are standing in front of that white wall or whatever, and they got their gloves on and they're in their fight gear. 
And they're like on their poses or whatever. Yeah. For the fight promo. Well, when Usman was taking his shirt off for that, he like, how, okay, how do you take off a shirt? Just with both arms. Well, yeah, you know, but like what? It up at once. Like up over your head and everything? Yeah. Yeah, so what he did is he one at a time tucked both of his arms into the shirt. Uh-huh. Went down to the bottom, started lifting it up, and when it got to like up to his abdomen, he bent over and then pulled it over his head. Oh wow! So at no point at all did his arms go above like shoulder height. I see. And it was all st- stiff and. I see an excuse in his future if he if he. That's uh, what I'm loses. saying. I mean, I to, hope he doesn't because I mean. Here's what I want to say to his credit: he's not saying that he's injured. Yeah. So if he does come out and say, hey, I had a really bad injury if he loses, and he does say, even if he does win and say, I had a really bad injury, I think we could be able to look back on that clip of him taking that shirt off. Yeah. It was one of those things, like, I didn't see any reporters or anything. Somebody took a video of it and posted it on this Facebook group that I'm on, and they're like, hey, I noticed this, the way he's taking his shirt off and how stiff he's moving when he's doing it. I think he's injured, so that's where I'm getting my information from, and I can see, show you the video afterwards. Yeah, and I'd like to see that. Uh I don't mind that uh, uh, you know I don't mind if he says if he wins like you know I had an injury but I just don't want to hear it as an excuse because you know yeah you know as shitty as it is you could have they could have put this off a little bit longer you know if they needed to or you know if I don't know. I just, I'm not a big fan of it because look at most fighters. Most fighters go into these fights injured some way or another. So I just don't like it when it's used like, well, yeah, that's the only reason I lost. Like, dude, well, he was really vocal on Joe's podcast about his body being fucked up. Oh, yeah. Like, I know, I'm aware that he has uh, some leg issues and stuff like that, too. But at the same time, you're in the fight business. Yeah. I mean, he was in that condition when he fought Woodley and fucked Woodley up. So I'm sure he could get through it. But just the way he was moving this way, you know, it's. It's a lot like uh, Dominic Cruz, you know. Whenever he loses, yeah. like he, he's not, like, he's not like, hey, it's because of my feet. Yeah. You know, obviously we all understand that he has feet issues, and even yeah. he does. But it's not the reason why he loses a fight. Yeah. And that's what he I'm saying. He just lost to Cody because he was outclassed. Yeah. Plain exactly. and simple. In all honesty, and he'll even <laughs> yeah. tell you that he'll be like, yeah, it's not my feet, and yeah, that's that's what I refer to when I talk about fighters that want to bring up an injury because they lost. That fight's got to get under his skin. Yeah. He thought he was going to beat Cody so bad. And Cody's in there dancing on him and shit. Like, oh my God. He's lucky he wasn't knocked out that fight. Yeah, dude. He got dropped a couple times. That's what's such a pain in the ass, dude. Because Cody was so fucking disciplined in that fight. Yep. Every fight after that, he's trying to get into a slugfest. Like, dude, what are you doing? Dominic Cruz fight? Copy and paste. Yeah. You know, pick your shots. (laughs) Yeah. Pick your shots. Come in with those, you know, flurry, the power flurries and rock them. But if they drop to the ground, just be calculated. Or if they're swinging back on you, don't just duck your head and start swinging for the yeah. fences, dude. Because all three fights in a row Ended after the that. same way. Same way. Same fucking hooks, same hit on the chin. His body fell the same way every time. Yep. You know? Eyes in the back of the head. Anyways, getting back to this fight. Um, Who are you picking officially? Both the same fighters. On paper, they're both the same comes down to uh, just who I think overall will be able to push the pace 
Uh, Usman does have the knockout power, I feel, more than what Colby does. Colby definitely has the volume. Uh, I mean, each guy has shown improvements over each fight. This, If any fight was to be picked for a draw... It would be this one, you know, theoretically. But So I'll write you down for a draw. <laughs> I'm not going to pick yeah. a draw. Uh, because I really do think that, you know, love him or hate him, you have to admit Colby is a good fighter. Yeah. And just... Very entertaining. I was... I, I won't lie. I was counting him out against Lawler. I thought Lawler was going to piece his ass He'd up. He beat the brakes off the Lawler, fuck. dude. He set <laughs> records against Lawler. <laughs> yeah. And Lawler... Is not a fucking pussy by no means. Did and, you get those? Pers- and he yeah. also trains. No, my phone died before then. Oh well, I'll look it up. He also trains with Usman as well, and I mean, that should put put a little pep in Covington's step. You know, knowing that oh, I just took out one of Usman's training guys, one of Usman's top training guys. You know, uh, if I could do that to him, I could do it to Usman as well. I think Kamaru might fight with a little bit of emotion. I know he said that he's not nervous, but he's also said that he is nervous because he put the nervous he put, you know, the nervousness onto himself uh because he wants to perform a certain way. Yeah. You know, who it who's to say if he's not performing that way, you know, all his plans just go out the window. Uh for that reason, I I think that uh, Colby is gonna take it by uh, decision. I think he will be able to set the pace and take Kamaru all five and just wear wear him down until he's nothing. If if it doesn't go to decision, it'll end in round four or five by TKO or submission. Uh, just because I think that Kamaru will be gassed uh, if it's you know, if Colby is setting the pace the entire time. Uh, but other than that, I'm going to go with Colby with decision. Um, I am also going to be taking Colby for a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking this up, and it said he had the mo- the setting a record for the most strikes thrown in a UFC match. 541 strikes thrown. Nuts. I don't know how many landed, but that's how many he threw. When I was looking before my phone died, it said over two hundred and something landed. Yeah, I'll look at I'll look that up. That record specifically for that fight. And most of those shots were to the head. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, decent amount of body shots, but fuck, could you imagine getting hit in the head like two hundred times? No, I, I don't even want to imagine getting hit once in the head. Even if they're peppered shots, you know, hit, there was yeah. some power shots thrown in there too. Oh yeah. I believe he ended the fight with a uh, spinning back fist, uh, Colby. I wouldn't be a fucking surprised. He's wild. That's where the name yeah. Chaos comes from. Because <laughs> it's not because he's a wild guy, but it's just because he's all, he just always going. Chaos, yeah. He's always going. Um, <clears throat> alrighty. So he landed 179 of those strikes. Okay. See, I, the, he, I was on. He, he landed more than Lawler even threw. Uh, see, I was on the UFC's page, and it said over 200 landed. So, I mean, look at their numbers. Fucking up. Well, just because you said it, I'm going to the UFC now, officially. Please UFC. do. Stats. 
will be Covington. <clears throat> um, you said you were picking Covington. Yeah, by decision. Decision as well. Yeah, I think that there's only two or three fights that we pick the same on. Yeah. Uh, or at least the same fighter. I think that. I think maybe three or four. And I uh, think the decision that we just had is the only one we one hundred percent agree. Yeah. On. Um. Okay, I'm looking up his shit right now. Let's see. Hopefully, it shows the stats for this fight. Yeah. <clears throat> didn't show uh like body or head or nothing like that. It just literally said this many strikes landed, this many strikes didn't. Huh. But still, like I said, it's you know impressive that uh you know he's involving uh or evolving and uh getting better with each fight and uh you know he's breaking records before he's even the champ. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just shows the high level and the caliber that, you know, Colby does bring to the table. He's the, you know, the newer breed of uh, uh, welterweights. Uh, same with Kamaru. Kamaru is definitely a good fighter, and I'm taking nothing away from him in this fight. It's just if I have to pick one, you know, I'm going to pick one, and uh, that would have to be Colby. Okay. Do you remember the number that I said? Was it? 179 for what the last one uh, when I said that Colby landed that many uh I don't remember it exactly but yeah I think that's around there alright well the official UFC is a uh, significant strikes is 179 out of 515 uh huh and his total strikes is 201 out of 541. Okay. That might have been what I looked at then. So for some, well, that would be right. I don't. Google had just the significant strikes. I don't know why. Like I said, I just... Uh, my phone died as soon as I started to look at it. Yeah. Dumb Google. I'm not yeah. using that anymore. Hey, Google, you just lost a customer. Yeah, good job. Yeah, quit selling my data. You don't have permission <laughs> anymore. Um. So <clears throat> we're done wrapped up talking about our, our picks. picks. And there's uh, some UFC news. Not It's not really like a big deal or whatever, but <clears throat> I have Twitter, mm-hmm. so I see fighter shit sometimes. Yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. And uh, so DC Daniel Cormier posted My boy. A, a tweet that as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, that's definitely going to make some fighters mad. Yeah. So he says <clears throat> he posted on 12-9-2019, getting ready for Xmas holidays reminds me of 2012 and 15 days before Xmas, the UFC sends me a $10,000 holiday bonus check. No reason for it, but I remember thinking, wow, this was my fight purse before. We really do work for a beautiful company. Thank you guys. Hmm. So I figured that would make some people mad. Yeah. That they're just giving him money. It's yeah. a holiday bonus. Because you know not all the fighters. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And that holiday bonus is more than what a lot of fighters are making. So then, <laughs> fucking Michael the Count Bisping. Oh, nice. Piles onto it. 
I remember Dan did the same thing to me. He sent me a check in 2006 when I hadn't fought for a while due to visa issues, and he thought I would be struggling financially, which he was correct, and it was very much appreciated. Yeah. So it's, like, really weird because you see how that happens. Like, he's doing Bisping a solid, he's doing DC a solid, but then, like, the, the lower-level fighters, they probably don't get shit for a Christmas yeah. bonus. They hardly get shit for even showing and winning. You know, I mean, to the layman, the amount of money they could possibly win if they show up and win sounds like a lot of money, but they've got to pay for their camps, they got to pay for their yeah, trainers, they, they got to pay for travel for yeah, a lot of everything. shit. Damn like, near. Yeah, I think they get, like, their ticket paid for it and a plus one, but everyone else you yeah. have to pay for out of pocket. And I'm not sure how the uh, insurance works. I, I don't know if they have to have, like, provide their own yeah, medical I'm insurance because sure they're technically either. subcontractors. Yeah. But I just felt like if I was DC, I probably wouldn't have put something out like that. But at the same time, he doesn't have to give a shit because he's in there doing his own thing. Yeah. He's worried about himself. And he brings eyes in, uh, to the UFC, puts asses in seats, just like Michael Bisping. Yeah. You know. I mean, in my opinion, with his uh, remarks and all that stuff with his post... uh. I mean, I feel like the only people that are going to get salty about something like that are the people that, you know, feel like they're owed. And yeah. It's like you're not owed anything. You have to work for it. And that's yeah. exactly what DC did. DC worked for everything he has now. Bisbing worked for everything he has now. You know, yeah. these guys that are getting looked at after, you know, look, look at their resume. Look at what they did for the company. Look at what they did, you know, for everyone around them. They weren't assholes. You know, yeah, Bisbing was an asshole from time to time, but he was also a personality in his own way. He was usually pretty cool with the brass yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. He was usually just, he was abrasive towards other fighters. Yes. Uh, usually if you don't fight back against the man, it works for you. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be a yes man necessarily, but you don't have to be a pain in the ass either, yes. you know. You don't like, have to be a company shill. Like, oh... This is my second fight in the UFC. I'm 2-0. and I need a title fight, and I'm not fighting until it's Yeah, that. up my pay. And it's like, what? Everyone has to work the way yeah. up. And especially somebody like Bisbing, who's been in yeah. for, like, however many years. He's been fighting for a long time. And that's another thing. I think is, two, Tough One. He was on Tough One. Uh, no, he wasn't on Ultimate Fighter 1, I don't think. He might have been on, like, 2 or 3. Was it? Because uh, Diego Sanchez won uh, 1. Yeah, he was talking about that. It might be four I'm thinking of. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I just feel like if people were to also, uh, uh, like fighters, if they were to get mad, it's like, you know, look at the pay that some of these guys were getting paid back in the day, you know, let's say five years ago, compared to what guys are getting paid now. I yeah. understand sponsors and stuff were a big help back then. But just the UFC base pay itself has gone up since, uh, you know, days of Forrest Griffin, Chuck yeah. Liddell, uh, even up to like, um, I don't know, Rampage, Anderson Silva, you know, all that shit. You Which know? would you prefer if you were cage fighting? What do you mean? Would you prefer the model they have now or would you prefer the old model? Hmm. As far as pay goes.
I like the new model to a degree because it helps out fighters, but at the same time, the new model makes it to where it's like, well, I don't want to fight them unless I'm getting paid this much, or they don't, anyone, anyone and everyone only wants the money fights. You know what I yeah, mean? Whereas well, back in the day, it was like, hey, give me, give me this name on this list. You know, the money was what came afterwards. It was almost like it was more just a legacy thing where now everything is about money. Yeah. And which, I mean, it's cool that it, you know, they want the money and shit and they're doing it for it, but it just, it, I feel it takes away, it takes a little bit away from the sport and everything when it's just like, yeah, well, just the money, you know, because then it's almost like a Mayweather thing. I like Mayweather, but at the same time, it's like, you know, when did it go from being about skill and passion and, uh, uh, you know, things of the sort? And uh, when did it all of a sudden, you know, just turn to, well, it's just a fucking paycheck. You know, if you don't like what you're doing, you know, don't do it, you know. But, I mean, I guess you can enjoy it, what you're doing as well, and just, you know, focus on the money. But, I don't know, I just feel it's, especially the sport, it's more than just money. Yeah, well, I think that's why the new model hurts uh, the fighters. Mm -hmm. Because with the old model... They were allowed to have their sponsors. Oh yeah, that's, and all that shit. That's like one of the biggest uh, pros, in my opinion. Yeah, is sponsors. And, and I think that's why now people are doing the. I only want the money fights, the big fights, because yeah. that sponsor money has been taken from them. So I think if you you were a lower level fighter and you had to fight another like, quote unquote Joe Schmo, yeah. like not a big name, but you still could get like a hundred grand off sponsors. Mm -hmm. But now you only get thirty grand because. You can't have sponsors. You know what could change that is the ending of the Reebok deal. If the Reebok deal were to end, I mean... I want to say they're going to sign with Under Armour, though, next. You think so? I, I, I want to say I heard that floating around. I wonder if it would be a little bit more lenient, though. Because yeah, it seemed sure. like when Reebok came into the picture, it was like almost Nazi Germany. Like, to, you know, we were talking earlier about how Matt Mat Mitrione. Yeah, couldn't wear know, his Nikes. Yeah, he's he's getting interviewed shoeless. Yeah. Didn't let him wear his Nikes. Are you are you kidding me? The, the camera's not even going to yeah. look at his shoes. What the hell do we care? I don't give a shit that Reebok, you know, the fighters are wearing Reebok. You think I give a fuck? All I see yeah. is colors. Well, I see his Oh, he's wearing a white and black uh, sweatshirt. Yeah. I don't give a shit. And um, a thing I wanted to point out with the Reebok deal mm -hmm. is that if you're like an upper echelon fighter, that doesn't really matter because you get your own yeah. Reebok sponsorship on top of your Reebok base pay yeah. and the UFC base pay. You know, cause, and that's still one thing that irritated me because for example i think it was when uh i know it was chad mendez specifically but he had fought somebody and got like a three hundred thousand dollar uh payday from it mm -hmm. and then his very next fight he was the main event and it got 40 grand wow yeah yeah I'd be because upset. yeah the sponsor money that's cutting out a lot yeah but like i said if you're an upper echelon guy you get that special reebok treatment yeah you know so I guess it doesn't matter to the superstars, but the younger guy, the lower level guys, I can see how they're irritated about yeah. it. That's what I appreciate about Bellator. You're allowed to have sponsors, sponsors, and, and yeah, like I said, it, it pissed me off when people say, "Oh, Bellator, well, they need to quit picking up UFC scraps." Like, dude, that's, I mean, Bellator is coming up. I get it that they're not like the shiny big 
guy on the block they're as like far UFC's as talent goes. Little brother. But they're hooking the fighters up for sure. Yes. You know. And they give fighters way more chances. Like, oh, just because uh, Liz Carmouche, who had just lost a title fight, yeah, gets cut. Ridiculous. Of course, Bellator's going to pick it up, pick them up because she's a that's female money. pioneer for <laughs> yeah. women's mixed martial arts. She was she was yeah. involved in the first UFC women's fight. Yeah. Against Ronda Rousey. I mean, she almost broke Ronda Rousey's fucking neck. <laughs> yeah. Bellator is like, yeah, we'll take that free money. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll take those we'll pay fans. you better probably, too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because she's going to be allowed to have sponsors. Yeah. You know. Shit's ridiculous. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. I don't know. Dan is a businessman, so he's going to look out for business. Yeah. But at the same it time. It seemed a little out of left field with that one, though. With Liz Carmouche. Just seemed a little. Oh yeah, out of yeah, left yeah, field. yeah. I thought you meant me bringing it up. I had to oh, piece no. it together. I but <laughs> I could see what you mean. Her getting cut. Yeah. Another one though that I was surprised it got cut was Kat Zingano. Yeah, her as well. Yeah, because the fight that she got cut off of technically, I'm pretty sure was when she got stabbed in the eye by mm-hmm. Megan Anderson's foot. Like, you can't help that. Yeah. If that was why she yes. was cut, then that's, you know, some petty shit. Well, I know that her record wasn't that great in the UFC, but it's like... She's a name. The ones that she lost, though, were just, like, weird. Like, she had that eye cut against uh, Anderson. Anderson. And then when she fought Rousey, she rushed her and got, like, into a quick scramble armbar within, yeah. like, 15 seconds. <laughs> so that was kind of like, all right, well, that was kind of like an amateur mistake. But, yeah. you know, still a good fighter. You know, I mean, shit, she beat fucking Amanda Nunes, the goat, yeah. you know. I'm going to look up uh, hers real quick, Cat's uh, record. I want to just figure out what her run was like before she got cut. All right. Then we'll probably uh, start wrapping this up. It's almost uh, an hour 50. Almost lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. One thing I will say for... Uh, our Ohio viewers or listeners, I should say, uh, UFC is coming back to Columbus, Ohio, uh, March twenty eighth. Uh, who was fighting again? It was possibly Francis Ngannou. No, versus... it's, it's confirmed. Oh, it is confirmed. Yeah, Francis Ngannou versus uh, Rosenstruck. Yeah, Jarzino Rosenstruck. And we were talking about that fight yeah. too happening. That would be a good fight. I can't remember the second. A fighter, but I do know it's Cody Garbrandt's trying to get on that yeah, to fight yeah. somebody. I can't fucking remember. Cody who right Garbrandt now. versus uh, he just uh, a sun not a sun Sao, Uh, if that's a different yeah, way I think it. it was. Is it a sun Sao? I I want to say yeah, Rafael sun Sao. Yeah, um, and that would be that's re- the same weight class yeah, as TJ. Okay. Yeah, you're right. The snake, the cheat snake. I thought that was a weight class off. Um, so that'll be a good fight too if that's confirmed. Uh, and then that would be the first time that Cody's fought in uh, Ohio since being in the UFC. Uh, um, and I'm not I'm not the biggest Cody fan. I mean, in the beginning, I just thought he was just another cocky asshole with tattoos. But yeah, you know, seeing what he's done for that boy with uh, uh, his illness, I believe it was leukemia, and just seeing uh, uh, you know him and in general, just starting to become a little bit more humble. And, you know, he's not really 
looking for the drama. He's more just focused on getting himself back to where he was. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've started to grow more and more respect for him. Uh, I definitely don't want to see him get knocked out the same way over and over again. Cause then at, at that point it's going to be like, Hey man, you know, it's, yeah. it's probably time to take a break or put the gloves up. Yeah. Which is rough. Cause he's like 25. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing is you never want to say that shit about someone that young yeah. because you shouldn't have to say something about that, that young, but these guys are getting into the game early. They're fighting killers early and yeah. then they're paying for it early. So it's kind of like a double edged sword. And you, how, however many boxing fights he had before then. Because yeah. he's been boxing for a while. You know. Anyways, Kat Zingano, <clears throat> her record in the UFC was uh, three wins, four losses out of the seven that she had. Um, her, That's like a Brock Lesnar fucking <laughs> yeah. uh, rank. Er. Um, so her last loss was against... Uh, Megan Anderson by the TKO eye injury. She won a decision against Marion Renault in 2018. And then her last win was against Amanda Nunes in 2014. Nice. So I could, I guess I could see why they cut her. I mean, her record wasn't that great in the UFC. Not that active. But she was undefeated coming into the UFC. Yeah. And it was against, you know... Uh, Let's see who she's fought on different... Okay. So before she was in the UFC, uh, she had a win over Raquel Pennington. And her first fight in the UFC was uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Huh. Against uh, Misha Tate, and she beat Misha Tate, and then beat Amanda Nunes. Nice. So those three in a row, those are bigger names in UFC. Yeah, you know? geez. But then she went, she lost against Rousey by that armbar. That could have just, you know, two decision losses. Gave her after a that. different mindset from there on out. Well, and plus her husband committed suicide. Oh wow! Yeah, so yeah, that definitely got had a son an impact on her. Him. Yeah. She definitely had a rough yeah, go. Feel for her. Yeah, but I mean, you know, she's definitely tough. I think she could bounce back, though. And she's getting up there in age. She is 37. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. Well, I, I, think Bell- I think Bellator is going to pick her up, and she's going to do yeah. just fine. I mean, I don't mean, like, bounce back, you know, in a bad way. You know, obviously, she doesn't probably have that many more fight years on her. Maybe yeah. into her early 40s, but, you know, I'm sure she'll... Let me uh, see when she's... Her first, uh, you know, I'm sure she'll have a good career where she's going, is what I mean to say. Yeah, like I think Bellator is gonna pick her up, yeah, just like Carmouche. So, her first pro fight was in 2008, hmm. and her first amateur fight was in 2007. It's definitely been fighting for a hot minute, yeah, over 10 years, yeah. So, I don't know, I mean, yeah. her record's not terrible, but. You know, it is what it is once you start getting older. Max Holloway. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Actually, that's funny that you bring that up and that we're kind of talking about life type shit. Is, uh, I heard this uh, quote. I think it might have been from Lil Duval. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And uh, he was basically saying, like, whenever you become an adult, life just 
is what it is. It just is what it is. Oh, know? yeah. Like, because he was talking about, like, the injustices of the world and things that you can't change, no matter how hard you want to try to do it, like the things that were happening in Hong Kong and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's just like, the fuck am I going to do about it? It is what it is. Yeah. And I was like, damn, dude, that's fucking... Max it immediately made me think of Max. <laughs> it's like the best quote to come from <laughs> yeah. Hawaii. <laughs> it is what it is. Like, it's just so fucking Hawaiian, like, laid yeah. back, like... It's like getting more popular yeah. than Aloha itself. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. But you know. You ready to start wrapping this bad boy up? Pushing two two hour mark almost. Go ahead and send her off. All right, MMA fans. Thanks for uh, listening. And we hope you guys enjoy these uh, upcoming fights. Um, get your predictions out there and let us know who you got. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Take it easy, guys. See ya.